You're listening to the Fairfax Bible Church Discipleship Podcast, where we aim to help our church think biblically and grow as disciples who love Christ and live sent for His glory. For more information about our church, visit www.fairfaxbible.org or follow us on social media. Hey, Fairfax Bible Church. Um, Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast. Um, Today, uh, we're going to be talking about how to share your faith. Um, My name is Ian Cox. Uh, With me in the studio is Kathy Virenerm and Emma Cox. Um, And we're going to have everyone introduce themselves in a little bit. Um, But uh, a little bit uh, of an introduction for all of us. We all are on staff with crew. Um, So um, even though we are primarily ministering to uh, college students, we're all um, super passionate about um, equipping students to learn um, about uh, Jesus and how to share um, and how to grow in their faith. Um, So um, we've gotten the uh, the really cool opportunity um, to be saturated in such a cool um, opportunity and have so many resources at our disposal um, in order to do that better. And today um, we get to share that with you guys. Um, so um, I think real quick before we jump into um, kind of our first question slash introductions, um, I think it's important to... Um, kind of note the difference in posture um, that I I think can a lot of time hinder our evangelism um, where um, we think it's um, all about us and where we don't, where we try to like, um, where we like ask God to like help us do a thing instead of um, recognizing that it's a privilege to be included in what what God is already doing. Um, so, um, we're going to be talking about that a lot, turns out, in this episode. Um, but to jump right into the first question, um, I'd love if all of us could share a little bit our experience, um, kind of first doing evangelism and then growing in that evangelism. So, uh, Emma, what about you? Yeah, so I think growing up, I learned really helpful tools for evangelism from a pretty young age. I think the first time I learned how to concisely share my faith and, like, presented the gospel to someone else was in middle school uh, and that was life-changing for me and if there's any middle schoolers or parents of middle schoolers um, watching that is definitely not too young to start exploring um, what the gospel means to you but also how to share it with others Um, so that was a huge transition for me and then I think uh, another big transition period was going to college and uh, even joining staff with crew I've learned so much about sharing the gospel and had a lot more experience and that's honestly the biggest way to learn about evangelism is doing it. Uh, but I think with that was also a heart change, not just that I'm, I'm convincing someone of Christianity, like I'm here to like win an argument, but, and also that it's not a thing we have to do to get bonus points in heaven. Like, oh, I have to do this as a Christian, so I, I might as well. Um, it's always hard and faith stretching to share the gospel. Like I still get really nervous, but uh, I feel like now, especially in college, learning more the heart behind evangelism too is that I I now am able to share the gospel out of a love for people I want them to know Jesus um, because he's changed me Um, and then also a desire to see God glorified Um, so it's also been really cool to see how life-giving it's become for me I'm still like I said like scared it's not like top of my list of fun things to do every day but um, the more conversations I have about Jesus with people who don't know him the more life-giving that is for me Um, so that's been a cool transition I'm still like um, yeah, on that path, I think, to seeing that heart change in myself when I think about sharing the gospel. 
great. Um, for me, when I think about it, I think back to high school. And when I was in high school, I had two good friends, one with a Jewish background and one with a Hindu background. And I remember feeling stuck of not knowing, how do I begin a conversation about faith? And even when I did start the conversation, I was like, I didn't know how to really put my faith into a way that would be clear for them to understand. Um, so it was really hard for me to know how to do that, even though I had the desire to. And then um, when I went to college, I got involved in crew. And I remember going to like a seminar type thing um, where it was a training to learn how to share the gospel clearly. And I remember it really helped, it really just equipped me with the tools of knowing how to clearly share, what kind of questions to ask. And I really did feel like I was being equipped how to do it. Um, and it filled in like what I was needing. Still, I was very nervous about it. <laughs> Still, I was like, okay, yeah. now I have the tools, but now that step of faith to actually do it and start those conversations with friends. Um, and so then it, I started taking steps of faith. And I'd say to this day, too, it's still it's a little nerve-wracking sometimes. It is a step of faith, um, but I never want fear to hold me back. I don't want that to be to stop me from sharing the gospel. But when I do feel nervous of that being a reminder that my dependence is on the Lord and Him working, not myself and not even my skill set, but trusting in Him. Um, with what he's entrusted to us. So I in no way feel like an expert, but know that I want to be faithful in proclaiming the gospel and pointing people to Jesus. Awesome. Um, I think for me, um, my uh, church that I guess we both grew up in Winchester, um, they had a bunch of mission trips um, that we were able to go on at, in middle school and high school. Um, and that was my first... Um, I guess, opportunity to share the gospel, um, but I did not approach it in a very um, God-glorifying way. I, uh, like, in the preparation, oh, excuse me, in the preparation that we would go through, I was like, if I don't say X, Y, and Z, then they are not going to be able to share, like, uh, like they're not going to accept Jesus into their heart, and I was putting all this pressure on myself. Um, but I, I think um, it's really cool um, that... Um, I, I think I've like understood and I've like known the, the, the crew definition of successful evangelism. Um, and it is simply to, uh, to, to take the initiative, um, in, uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel, um, and to, to leave the results to God. Um, and I, I feel like that takes all the pressure off, maybe mm -hmm. not all the pressure, um, but it, yeah, um, it, it takes um, all the like self-imposed pressure um, and just really lets God um, work. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, um, yeah, it, it's also really cool to see that like um, whenever I take the initiative, whenever I like step out in faith, um, I like God can use me. Um, and also God like does, he gives the growth. Um, so it's nothing that I'm doing. God can do the work without me, but he, he chooses me. Uh, he, he can choose to include me in the process and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, next question that we, uh, can answer. Um, so I I'm wondering if we can, um, kind of start, uh, talking about how to maybe like create, um, opportunities to share our faith, mm -hmm. um, as kind of opposed to just looking for the opportunities. Cause it's so easy to, 
um, find yourself never sharing the gospel because nothing... Uh, Didn't come up naturally. Yeah, <laughs> People nothing. don't ask you, hey, what do you believe about Jesus? Exactly. Yeah, no one slaps you in the face and says, hey, tell me about Jesus. Um, I don't know your story. Maybe they do. Um, so I, I think before we... Yeah, it would be awesome. Um, God is good. Um, and uh, I, I think just just to kind of start off, um, it's, it's cool to see the different kind of um, modes of evangelism. Um, and I think for me in particular, it's helpful to kind of, um, kind of demystify and to maybe categorize different, um, maybe opportunities that we have with non-believers. Um, so the first mode of evangelism, there's three of them. First one is just ministry. Um, so the ministry mode of evangelism, and that's kind of your stereotypical evangelism. Um, and just a real quick definition for, for all three of these. So, um, the ministry mode is witnessing to people outside of your natural relationships. Um, so uh, natural, the natural mode is sharing the gospel with the people who you have pre-existing relationships with. Um, oftentimes that takes a while. Sometimes um, that doesn't take hardly any time. But anyway, um, the last mode is the, the body mode of evangelism. And that's kind of uh, passively witnessing. Um, that's when kind of non-believers um, are able to observe the community of, of Christianity. So if a non-believer comes to a church, most of the time they, like before they even get to a church, um, they see the love and the unity that God has blessed us with. Um, and that's kind of what spurs them on to come. Um, so, um, Emma, do you have anything to add with um, how to create opportunities? Yeah, yeah. So I've been reading this book. I have it here for those who are watching um, on YouTube, Doug Pollock. Um, he also talked to us as part of our training um, with crew for the interns. And he talks a lot about, uh, it's called God Space for those listening online, God Space by Doug Pollock. Uh, he talks a lot about wandering into conversations, um, asking good and genuine questions about what people believe or desire, that it's not, um, I think sometimes it feels like asking questions to lead into spiritual conversations or like a bait and switch. Like, mm -hmm. what do you believe about death? Mm -hmm. Well, I believe this, uh, which feels a little fake, but it's actually, we all have spiritual lives. So it's actually pretty, um, it can be a lot more natural than we think to just ask, um, yeah, what people believe. And then the other thing I love um, is this idea that we can wander in and out of conversations. And, and Ian was talking about that natural mode with people you already know, um, that it might not be the initial conversation um, you immediately get to the gospel and they pray to receive Christ right there. Um, but it might be saying, hey, a couple weeks ago, you said that this is something that you were struggling with in the pandemic. Uh, I was wondering more about that. How has that been for you? Like you can wander back into a spiritual conversation. So you said this about God. I really, I realize I don't really understand what you meant by that, that you can wander in and out. And that kind of um, takes more of that pressure off that it's not about um, a touchdown every time. So this is a something that Doug Pollock uses, and I don't watch football, so I might butcher this metaphor, but the idea is that um, each play, you're moving the ball down the field. You might not get a touch touchdown every time, but that doesn't mean you're failing at evangelism. Mm -hmm. um, if you move the ball closer um, closer to the goal, that is um, successful evangelism. Um, having someone more open to talking about spiritual things, seeing that someone is, is now questioning things and, and thinking about God in a new way. Um, and so that's something that I found is is really helpful to create conversations is first not to feel like every evangelistic conversation is just, um, did I share the gospel or not? Did I get there? Uh, did they accept Christ? 
Um, but then also that idea of wandering in and out, I think, brings a lot of openness and especially asking those genuine questions that it's, mm-hmm. um, I, I really do want to know. Like, we care about people as people, um, mm-hmm. not projects when we're sharing the gospel with them. Mm. Good point. Um, yeah, I think one other thing I was thinking of with that is just the importance of prayer. Just really quickly, mm. I know that we talk about that all the time in Christian circles, like, oh, like, Prayer is powerful, but it is, like, it's so powerful. Um, God gives us prayer. He asks us to use it. And we can learn all the answers to hard questions and work really hard at evangelism. But if we are not praying, we're not going to see the fruit um, that God has for us. So, um, yeah, I would encourage you, before you go into a conversation with someone, pray that God would give you an opportunity. Pray for their salvation. Um, Also, just make a list of five people. Pray for them every day or once a week, whatever that looks like in your prayer life. Write down names and be consistently in prayer before the Lord. Um, that's a big part of sharing the gospel is praying for people. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'd add a little bit to that. I'm just saying, like, when I think about creating opportunities, one thing that I felt like I really need to do is create time to have deeper conversations. Um, and so whether that's grabbing coffee with someone or getting meal, but just getting time with them can get to those deeper conversations to find out what's going on in that person's life where do they need Jesus and where can we bring that into conversation? Um, so I think a few back to a few years ago, I had a neighbor named Michelle and she was like super friendly. We would run into each other outside all the time um, and have short conversations, but it wasn't until we got a meal together and I, we got deeper in conversation that it opened up real life um, conversation and going there and then I was able to have ongoing conversations that were deeper it wasn't just one time I got to get deep and um, share the gospel it was getting deeper so we got to know each other and so I think creating space I think for me I have to think about creating space in my schedule for it but initiating to have those intentional deeper conversations and and so for Michelle she wasn't spiritually interested we had conversations She had barriers to faith, but she was open about them. Um, And then um, she knew that I would be open about my faith, so we would have conversations. And she always knew I was available if she had questions. And she took me up on that sometimes of asking me um, about what I believed about different things. Um, She did move away. And it was about a year ago. It was before COVID. She came back into town, and um, she texted me. And so I got to see her for a little bit. So she visited. And because we had had those deeper conversations, I was able to ask her like, oh, over this last year, what have you been thinking about God and faith? Are you at all interested? Um, Now she wasn't, but she wasn't surprised by my question because she knows my faith is so important to her, to me. So we could dive back into having real conversation about faith. So I think that's one, having space for deeper conversation. Um, The other thing I was thinking was, is thinking of holidays like Christmas and Easter as opportunities um, to bring up spiritual conversations. Um, for Easter, I think whether it's a neighbor or a coworker or someone, um, just asking them, oh, well, Easter's coming up. Are you doing anything for Easter? Does your family celebrate Easter? And then having a follow-up question of saying, like, does Easter have any spiritual religious significance to you? Um, then you get insight and you're inviting them to share with you. And hopefully then you can share with them as well. But it's at least those things that are on the calendar, that being an opportunity um, to create spiritual conversations. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
So I have another um, concept that's been really helpful. So we're going to shift a little to some practical ways of initiating spiritual conversation. Um, and one that this concept that's been helpful is based on a game called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm. So hopefully you know who Kevin Bacon is. Um, if not, he was an actor, still an actor, but he did a ton of movies in the 80s. So he's like in all these movies. So this game, if you haven't heard of it, is that someone would name a random actor or actress, right? And within six moves to different movies, you want to connect that actor to Kevin Bacon through who co-starred in different movies, right? So it's connecting um, through the actors and actresses. Um, and so we're not gonna play that game now because we'll get sidetracked, <laughs> but I'll give you a tip if you wanna play. So one thing to think about is you don't just have to know movies that Kevin Bacon is in, but you wanna think about movies that people that were in movies with him, right? So if you think of Tom Hanks or Julia Roberts, you think of their movies. So you think of who, movies that are only one step away from Kevin Bacon. So that illustration goes, and related to sharing the gospel, is in our lives there are topics that are just one step away from conversations about our faith or about Jesus. So it's been helpful for me practically to think of what are some of those topics or categories that might not be spiritual in nature but could be a step to talking about Jesus. So I thought I'd share a few, um, but then you can think of your own too. Um, so one would be travel. Um, I have traveled to a lot of atypical, non-typical place to travel related with crew. And so when I've done that, like I can share about travel, but then I can also share that what's been interesting is I'm not just seeing touristy things, but I get to see the culture and the people and learn about their faith and what they believe. So that could open up conversation there. Um, another could be church or what we do on the weekends or yeah, Sunday. And so when someone asks the question like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? I can share about that I went to church and what that was like and open the door there. Um, another one um, category um, is conflict resolution and forgiveness. Now, I don't know how many times <laughs> friends, family, co-workers even <laughs> come up and talk about resolving conflict or they're working through it, right? And so a lot of times that topic comes up. Um, and so for people, we can, um, yeah, we could give them advice and listen to them, but also taking the opportunity to even ask the question, can I share with you about what's really helped me in forgiving others? So that could open up talking about forgiveness and what we've experienced through Christ. Um, another one, Emma, you mentioned briefly about COVID uh, mm -hmm. and the pandemic, right? That's one that all of us has experienced, right? And so that's a natural in there of saying, of asking the question, how has the pandemic affected you? And then even following up with, um, how have you handled anxiety or the uncertainty in our world? And again, we're able to like dive into what could be a really rich conversations that lead to gospel conversations. Now it's good to know these connection points, but at the same time, um, well, for me, it's helpful to have either questions or maybe even a sentence to transition. Like that's helpful. I just shared some of mine that those are helpful to have in the back of my mind so I can move that direction. But also at some point, 
we need to be courageous and ask the specific questions about the gospel and even saying something like, um, can I share more with you about my faith in Jesus and how it's made a difference in my life? Uh, sometimes it is turning the corner and it's sometimes scary to do that, but it's so worth it when we do it. It might open up really good conversation um, to the gospel. Yeah. So yeah. how about you, Emma? I what, think, um, yeah, that like, makes me think about the question I was going to pose that like sometimes we go through these different degrees sometimes we're just very upfront hey what's your spiritual background like do you have faith uh, but I think sometimes that question too is a, a like to turn the corner of like asking about holidays um, whatever the question is like oh like you do celebrate Easter what kind of um, does your family have any religious beliefs that kind mm-hmm. of thing is a question I use a lot um, or just go straight into it like do you have spiritual do you have a spiritual background and then often people will share um maybe traditions they had growing up. And I often ask, um, are your beliefs different now than they were growing up? Or are they different than your family? And that can be, um, yeah, helpful, I think, to, to bridge that gap between these are the traditions that I did versus this is what I believe and cling to now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about uh, one example of, of that, like creating conversation. I think about uh, a student on our campus named Hannah. So it's easy for us, um, I think, in crew because uh, we represent a Christian organization to um, be pretty direct, um, but these aren't just for if you're representing crew or the church or whatever it is. You can use these at any point. Um, but I just asked her the first time I met her, do you have any spiritual background? Um, and she said she wasn't religious, but she was open to talking about it. She was kind of nervous to share that with me, that maybe I might think that was re- weird mm. or bad. Um, so the first thing, I just ensured her that, like, I think it's great to have spiritual questions and conversations, even if you aren't religious. Like, I wanted mm-hmm. to be a safe space mm-hmm. and invite her, like, hey, coming to church, you don't have to be a Christian. Nobody's going to look at you weird if you're not a Christian. Um, just ensuring that that's a safe conversation we can have. Um, but then later, I just wandered back in uh, with Kathy's advice. We went out for coffee, made space to have the conversation. Uh, I just asked her more about her background, and she shared that um, she had one parent who's Catholic, another parent who's Buddhist. And so she did have like clarifying, she needed the gospel to be more clear, but then that was also a whole separate barrier to her Mm. um, was how do I know what's true when I have these two examples in my life. Um, So just by asking, I got into a conversation, but then also learned, yeah, what, what was stopping her from knowing Jesus? Like what, where could the conversation go from there? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a, a really helpful one. Um, yeah. yeah, Ian, do you have any, any others? Uh, I do, um, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Um, I love asking people um, to just, like, tell me their story. Um, and it's a super broad question. It invites a lot of people to talk about a bunch of different stuff. Um, but I think it gives it, su- like, it, it gives it the space, especially um, for uh, younger folks. Um, I, I think... Um, I think across the, like, age, generations, whatever, um, everybody just wants to be seen and everybody wants to be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that this question just, like, opens uh, a can of worms for that to be possible. (laughs) Um, Because, I don't know, everybody has such a unique um, story. God has been working in all of their lives, whether or not it's been perceivable or not. Um, And... Um, it's just really cool to, to, to get the ball rolling in such a cool way. Um, but as you ask this question, mm-hmm. I think that it's it's easy for me to, like, <laughs> tell me about your story, zone out. And it's like, <laughs> um, it, it's really 
I, I need to like caution myself every time I ask mm -hmm. the question to like not be thinking of potential sticking points mm -hmm. to being a Christian where it's like, oh, you X, Y, and Z, I'll have to bring that up later. Um, where it's just so, so, so important to like love them no matter what sin they're living in, no matter what sin they're not living in, no matter if you disagree politically, um, no matter if you disagree with, I don't know, sports, I don't know. Um, it's just, um, I want to bring it back to the bait and switch thing that Emma was talking about earlier, where um, you're like, tell me about your story, give them 30 seconds. Oh, let me tell you about my story. Go on for like five minutes about how God saved you. Um, so I, I think that it's a, a really good question, um, but it definitely, um, I think can, I, I love it because it is such a, uh, a, a tangible way for you to love someone where it's like, Kathy, tell me your story. And if I'm invested and if I'm not judging you, if, if you're not a Christian, there's no space for me to do that. Um, if you are a Christian, it's also a good question. Um, mm -hmm. But um, God's a judge and it's not my place to do that. And it's just awful to do that. Um, and I don't enjoy it. Um, I, I think also just like holding yourself back from like confronting them about sin that they're not like, like, I don't know, if you're not a Christian, then God hasn't like revealed to you the truth of like, oh yeah, doing the sin is bad. Um, so do you guys have any um, like uh, thing to add, cautions, um, pro tips for asking, tell me your story? Um, I had one thing that came to mind that I really yeah. like about that question is that then they're sharing what they think well, they, what they want to share, mm -hmm. right? What level they want to share, but also you're getting a glimpse into what's significant to them, whether yeah. what defines their story or yeah. what's the most important piece. So inviting them to like, tell me what you think is significant. Yeah. Um, and so you're getting a glimpse into that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So I guess um, we've talked a lot about like, how do we initiate, how do we start? Uh, but one really important thing to sharing the gospel is uh, sharing the gospel. Mm. Uh, so what, yeah, what tools do you use to share the gospel? Like, how do you transition to the actual gospel itself? Like, you're in a spiritual conversation. It's time. Where do you go? What do you use? Sure. Um, well, uh, Crew actually has this really cool um, tool and resource. It's called the, the God Tools app. It's on uh, the Android uh, store and the I, I, Apple store. Um, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, um, it's just, uh, it's a really clean looking app. Um, it appeals to uh, the aesthetic senses. Um, but I think most importantly, um, in general, um, it's got a bunch of different um, really clear and concise ways to share the gospel, whether that's in our um, guilt uh, innocence culture. There's also... Um, uh, a different like maybe cultural translation for if your culture kind of identifies as the uh, honor shame culture there's a there's a tool called honor restored there's also power over fear um if you I, I think even if you don't if you if your culture does not identify as that um it's just really good to to see how cool and like how how the gospel permeates our culture yes. um just to see how like far Jesus stepped to, to save us. Um, it's also really cool because there's like dozens and dozens of language tools where you can see on one side of the screen English and then on the other side, like 
Mandarin or Arabic or Polish. Um, it's just awesome that they have done that for us. Um, there's also, uh, I think most important, uh, or it may, may be most popular, um, you got the God Tools, uh, no, the Knowing Personally um, booklet digitally. Um, so it's like the, the four points of the gospel. Um, there's also um, the Satisfied booklet that is really cool to go with um, people who uh, know God but maybe aren't being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, so I, I think that that is just an awesome tool that is free. Um, doesn't take up any like gigs or anything on your phone. There's no excuse not to download it. Um, so maybe the most popular thing on the God Tools app is the Knowing God Personally tool. Um, the gospel is so uh, mysterious and complex, but so simple. Um, but uh, I, I think it's really cool that it like boils it all down to, to four really cool points. So Emma, can you talk about the, the Known God Personally tool for a second? Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the, the hardest things about using it is transitioning to it. Mm -hmm. Once you get mm -hmm. to the tool, it's pretty much all laid out. It has questions to ask. It has, you can always add things, but if you want, you can just read through it mm -hmm. and ask them, do you have questions about this? What stands out to you? That kind of thing. Um, so for me, I think when I transition to it normally, it's also a physical booklet. Um, if you want those, we carry those around campus, but I think um, often the, the app can be like a little more natural in certain, mm -hmm. um, yeah, in certain like spaces, it feels more normal to have an app. Uh, but sometimes the, the booklets are helpful. You can leave it with someone. So, um, normally I bring out, um, the, the book or the app when I'm already in a spiritual conversation, it seems like there's interest in hearing what the gospel is. It seems like there's an open door. I know people who just walk up to people, Hey, I have this book. Do you want to read it? And that's, fine. Like if the spirit's prompting you to do that, um, I think I'm normally more cautious. So normally I wait for that window and then just ask. Um, so I say there's a tool that's been really helpful for me in laying out the core beliefs of Christianity. Um, would it be okay if I share it with you? So I normally mm -hmm. ask permission yeah. um, and they can say no. If they're like, actually not really interested, um, that doesn't mean the conversation's over forever. Mm. It's just, oh, that's totally fine. Thanks. Um, do you have like other questions or you can pivot to some other other thing about it. Like, have you had a lot of people approach you with like spiritual like tools and stuff? Is that weird for you? You know, you can always transition somewhere else. Um, but yeah, if it is okay, you can just, yeah, jump into it and, and start running through it. I think it's totally fine whether um, that's the first time you heard the, the gospel was in this book or if it's just helpful. It's been helpful for me to just see it clearly laid out. Um, and so I think that's the other way that I use it is sometimes by not using it, but um, having it in my brain, having it as kind of a reference tool mm -hmm. that if I know I'm going into a conversation um, where I'm hoping to share the gospel, I might look through those four points. Or in my head, I might think through, um, I want to make sure this is clear. And the most important thing about sharing the gospel is is knowing the gospel. So if mm -hmm. you, um, you might know it at a heart level, but not know how to articulate it. And so mm -hmm. rather than getting to this point where I'm fumbling around, I'm suddenly talking about predestination, I don't know how I got here. Uh, it can be helpful to know in my mind, okay, I want to start at point one, um, that God is good, that he created you, that he wants to know you personally. Um, and that can kind of guide me and even help me have scripture. Like, okay, I know that this is a passage that could fit to this part of the gospel. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's a way that I use it sometimes is in not using it. And there's a million other ways to share the gospel. Uh, just because this is a crew tool doesn't mean it's like, the way like um, Jesus didn't use the KGP um, but it's just something that yeah God has used all over the world um, and I've seen him use it in my own life in my own conversation so um, I know I know that one is a, a good way to clearly explain the gospel um, mm -hmm. but one of the things I love about it is 
um, that it gives a point of decision. So, Kathy, would you, yeah, be able to talk about it? You've used the yes. KGP, the Knowing God Personally yeah. booklet, way more than me. Yeah. Um, Kathy said she's not an expert, but I feel like <laughs> Kathy's an expert. I feel <laughs> like if there expert. is an expert. But I really do like that it leads the conversation and gives room to, like, pause and ask questions. And has. I'm a visual learner. So if I see it and I see diagrams, um, I feel like it helps with conversation uh, and I've seen it be effective. But I really do like that point of the decision um, at the end where it's like specifically asking, do you desire to trust in Jesus as your savior? And for me, like when you're in a conversation, sometimes it's like, oh, this is like, I need to be really courageous to ask this question. But when it's there, and what I like about the Knowing God Personally booklet or tool that a lot of times I'm pretty sure the person is reading it before I say it out loud. So they yeah. know that question is coming, mm-hmm. right? So they're not taken off guard. They're like, oh, yep, all right, this question might be next. But yeah, so it's there and brings to a point of decision. But also then if they're not, I mean, if they are ready, praise the Lord. You know, yeah. that is so exciting. Um, if they're not ready, then you can ask like, well, what's a barrier? What's hindering you from wanting to trust in Jesus? And so then you get a glimpse into what is it that, you know, maybe it's a wrong belief about God or uh, Jesus, or they just need to know and learn more that Jesus is trustworthy. Um, so I like that it brings to a point of decision and it helps guide it in that way. So even if you aren't using the booklet, I think it's good to know, like, sometimes we need to ask that question, right? Because they might be waiting for us or not even know the next step yeah. if we don't ask them specifically. And um, and also, like, the Holy Spirit might be working in their life ready to respond right then. So yeah. not missing that yeah. opportunity. I feel like, especially with, um, like younger people, um, a lot of the time that like a, a big hindrance to accepting the gospel is like, they, they, they might have been like hurt by the church in their mm. past. Um, so I think it's so important to like hammer in like, yeah, people disappoint, um, people hurt, but like that doesn't discredit Jesus and what he's done for us. Um, and we can say that like, he is good. He is trustworthy. People are not, um, even if they're a believer, even if they're being sanctified. Um, yeah. But anyway, I would love to just kind of wrap up with maybe talking about some resources that we might recommend. Um, so I have a book, um, by a gal named Heather Holloman. Um, it's called Scent. Um, and what I love about this book is it kind of, um, uh, kind of gives us practical, um, steps into how to incorporate the different, like, modes of evangelism, like I touched on earlier. Um, so it, it really hammers, um, in, like, our identity as sent ones. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the verse, um, uh, we were able to listen to a, a seminar and one of the verses that, um, she brought up that, uh, was super impactful for me is, uh, I think it's John 20, verse 21, it says, um, even as the Father, so Jesus said this to his disciples, even even as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Um, so it just, um, it's a really good book to kind of invite us into the space of um, worshiping Christ, working for, walking with Christ, and working for Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Yeah. Emma, what about you? What kind of resources do you get? Yeah. Yeah. So I already talked about Doug Pollock's book. Um, I also really love this book, Confronting Christianity um, by Rebecca McLaughlin. Um, It's not directly teaching you how to do evangelism, um, but it's actually a great resource to actually give to someone who you're having spiritual conversations Mm. with um, and or to just read yourself. 
um, as you're thinking about spiritual conversations. So it has each chapter is a question that mm-hmm. people often ask about Christianity um, or have questions about. So like one is, um, doesn't religion cause violence? How can you take the Bible literally? Hasn't science disproved Christianity? So it asks these questions mm-hmm. that people might be wondering. And then um, what I love too about this book is that Rebecca is very um, empathetic. She's a great writer. Um, she doesn't discount like, oh, that's a stupid question. Like you never feel that way when mm-hmm. you're reading the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she also has a lot of um, research and facts that she has in here. So it feels like a really solid resource. So um, I really like this book when thinking about sharing the gospel because I can, um, yeah, if someone has a question that's hard to answer, often I can find um, a starting point, like a jumping off point for a response in this book. Um, and or give it to your friends if they're if they're considering Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, yeah, good resource. I would recommend Questioning Evangelism by Randy Newman. Now, this is not questioning, should we do evangelism? (laughs) It's actually saying, like, how can we use questions to have gospel conversations and lead in doing evangelism? And what I really like about it um, is that it's practical. It has lots of practical thoughts in there, but it's saying, like, how can we ask good questions um, to put us in a place that we are listening to where someone's coming from, but also those questions guiding towards, um, yeah, gospel conversations. So, so it's really good, and I think there's practical. These even, even like sample conversations in there to kind of think of like what would this be like to use questions in this way. And one example I wanted to share: um, say you're having a conversation with someone, and they say something you definitely disagree with, right? And internally, you might be like, oh, "I disagree with that." Instead of leading with, "I don't agree with it." Right. Instead, asking a question like, can you explain that to me? Right. So you're inviting them in to explain why they think that before you're even saying what you think. Um, And so it just has questions like that to help us in guiding the conversation. So highly recommend it. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Um, Well, uh, that's all about our time. Um, So (laughs) we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for joining me in the studio. Um, thank you for Effect Bible Church for having us on the podcast. It's mm-hmm. been a blast um, to just be able to share um, evangelism, how to share our faith. Um, yeah, we're just tickled pink that you would join us, um, that you would share some of your time with us. Um, and yeah, uh, just remember to uh, love Christ and live sent. Thanks for listening to the Fairfax Bible Church Discipleship Podcast. If this episode was helpful for you, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share with someone else. Until next time, we pray you continue to grow as a disciple as you love Christ and live sent.